Hey everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Emerging as Me. Today on the show, I'm welcoming one of my oldest friends from way back. Let's go. It goes way back to elementary school. Her name is Tabitha James. She is from my hometown of Lakeview, South Carolina. And just a little bit about her. She is a amazing woman from a rural community, in my opinion. And we talk about today a little bit about, you know, her background, her journey and overcoming different obstacles that she has had in her life along her journey and where she is now today, what she's doing and what is to come. I really Hope you all enjoy this interview with Tabitha. I feel like it just gave me the warm and fuzzies, and I am so excited to share her with all of you. You're listening to the Emerging as Me podcast with me, your host, Caitlin Cox, a show to encourage and uplift you with my personal stories and impactful guest interviews. As we work through the hard stuff together, we will empower one another to persevere through all of life's challenges. We'll cover it all from marriage and motherhood, living in rural communities, loss and hardship, and how to keep faith alive while finding hope in your everyday life. The journey of life, as I have learned, isn't always a direct path to success and happiness. I'm traveling down life's winding roads, learning to navigate as I go always growing and emerging with new perspectives and understanding. I'm constantly emerging as me through all of the things that life throws my way. So join me on this journey as we choose to emerge as better versions of ourselves every day. Let's get into it, y'all. Welcome, Tabitha. This is my one of my very, very good friends from way back. We go all the way back to fourth grade, I think. I remember when you first moved down to South Carolina. So, Tabitha, if you could tell us a little bit about who you are, and I mean, I know where you from, where you're from, but the world or the listeners don't may not know. Sure thing. So thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on. I am from a teeny, teeny town in South Carolina. I'm from Lakeview. I don't even think the population is a thousand. I think it's a little under a thousand. So that is where I am from. When I left Lakeview, I journeyed to a small town, but a little bigger. I went to Conway, South Carolina to go to college. And then I moved to a super big place. I went to West Palm Beach for graduate school. And I've traveled across the country since then. But my home base has continued to be Lakeview. And so I won't share too much more because I don't know what questions are coming up. But I'm excited. Yeah. So I thought that it would be really good to have you on here to talk a little bit about Well, for one, when I think about you, because I've just known you and watched you grow and like the drive, the internal drive that you have to achieve and like go get the goals and do things and not let being from a rural small town area hold you back in any way, shape or form has always been like one of the biggest things that I admire about you. And I just thought that you telling your story and about your experiences and kind of what has driven you to move forward would be amazing to have you share about that. So 
I guess let's take it back to high school. <laughs> I remember wow. you hustling, like working like crazy 24-7 when you weren't in school. And then when we were in school, you were killing it like crazy, like getting all the school and academic things done and accomplished. Like you were on fire working your butt off. So oh what, I guess my first question we can start with is what, gave you that drive to to do that yeah sure so I it's so funny because I'm like I don't even know right I feel like I was a crazy person you were crazy when I, I think <laughs> when I think deeply about it I think family played a really big role in that they set a pretty high standard for what they expected out of me and if you remember back then I may have been killing it but I was also a little bit wild and so I felt like to balance out the like wildness and the attitude and some of the trouble I was getting into I needed to also be killing the game and I wanted to make not only myself and my family but just my town in general proud of what could come from such a small area and for the students that were a little younger than us but you know always cling to us like I really wanted to be an example of it's not where you start like the world is such a big place and there's so many opportunities out there we just have to go and get them and i think as kind of that first generation to where like the the internet was introduced to us around that time that i came to south carolina right so fourth grade we had those computers in the back of the classroom i remember getting my first like at home computer and just really being able to like research things that were out there and i'm like wow, people can do this. These things happen. Like, I wonder what, you know, I can be when I grow up if I like to really try to dive into opportunities. And so it was a mix of intrinsic motivation, great friends like yourself, my family, and just really wanting to be an example for others. So those things combined really were my driving forces. And I'm like, I guess I can do anything, right? And so I I went after that. Yeah. Yeah. You left and went off to college. I feel like you were gone for a little while, but I kept up with you. I always like through social media as we do in this day and age, but you came back to town and I am so happy that you did. I feel like our generation, I feel like and the generation younger than us, I have noticed that they're starting to come back. Like they'll go off and they do the college thing and they like, kind of figure out what they want to do but then I feel like we're all starting to realize like we want to make our hometowns like you said we want to make our town proud we want to give back to the community that like brought us up so to speak and I guess tell us a little bit about what you're doing now since you're back and kind of how long you've been back because you've been back for a little while so yeah so I've been back in Lakeview since 2016 and like that just blows my mind that like it's been that long it's like went by so fast and then I travel a lot so I'm like how long has it really been but I have been back here since 2016 one of the most before I talk about what I do professionally one of the most gratifying things for me being back is being able to be involved in the community. So I'm in several boards and different philanthropic groups throughout Dillon County. And it warms my heart because to be a young person in those spaces and being able to advocate for 
things that, you know, the everyday person may not think about just depending on where you are in life. And so that has just been super gratifying and being able to give back, whether it's a teacher calling me, asking me to come talk to their class. And I'm like, you want me to come talk to your class? That is hilarious. because I'm sure you wanted me out of your class, but <laughs> it is just so wild. But those things really make it heartwarming to be back home. Professionally, I run a marketing and consulting firm for businesses, corporations, and nonprofits. And so I travel across the country to do that. But here recently, especially since the uh, pandemic of 2020, I have taken a lot of local clients. So that has helped me to not only live here, but be here, work here, thrive here across the PD. And it is simply amazing because a lot of times when I go in to speak at different things and people are like, wait, you're from here, like homegrown? I'm like, yes. And I always correct people like, no, I'm not from Florence. I'm not from Myrtle Beach. I'm from Lakeview. So I make sure to put that at the forefront, no matter what it is that I'm doing. So those are the things that I'm doing today. I speak professionally also and consult with other speakers and authors and thought leaders, if you will. So I truly have crafted a career that I enjoy. So that little crazy girl that was like working all the time and just really trying to figure it out. All of those experiences have definitely come full circle as I have had to have that same hustle in a different sense, but definitely that same hustle as I've been building my company over the last few years. So I know we've mentioned hustles a couple times already in like the under 10 minutes that we've been talking. So <laughs> in your experience of the hustle and the grind, how has that affected you truly? Have you like gone through burnout like several times and like come back and like what are your, your wise words and wisdom on the lessons you've learned from the grind and the burnout? <laughs> So I have really, and I'm going to be super transparent because I just don't believe in sugarcoating it. Like that hustle and the grind, I do not uh, regret any of it. But I will say there were several times, especially in my 20s, that I was just going too hard, right? I was neglecting myself of sleep, fun at times. Like I think that I did have a good time, but there are things that I can't circle back to that. I'm like, I wish I would have just taken the time off and done that in that time, but I didn't. And so I think about that often and just how tired I would be and how mentally draining it was to be so laser focused. And so it's definitely a double whammy because I'm like, because of that laser focus, I do have a life that I adore today, but also I can think of times where I was just overly depressed and I could, it would seem like I was killing it, right? Like I'm speaking on these big stages and these books are coming out and I'm going on these trips and like all these things are happening, but like internally I'm like, what in the world? Uh, because I did all of that while also being a full-time caretaker, while also trying to you know, run two households before I moved back to South Carolina, because that was one of the biggest decisions that was very, very hard for me. I knew that I wanted to come back here before quote unquote, like retirement age. Like I knew I wanted to come back and make this home young, but I was thinking more like now young, like 30 something young. I wasn't thinking like 20 something young. Yeah. yeah. And so just having to make that difficult decision because running the two households was really burning me out. And so I had to just kind of flip a coin and say, like, what is the best decision for now? 
And that also turns into something that's wisdom that I can share is that sometimes we get overwhelmed in like, what's going to be the big picture and how do I make all these decisions and you're factoring all these things. And it's like, make the best decision for today and then allow that to help you drive through the next steps. But don't allow yourself to get in anxiety about like the future, because what if it's not even coming or what if you quit this thing before you even get to the future? And so making the best decision for today has been something that's really, really helped. And then me realizing if I don't take care of myself or if you don't take care of yourself, none of this other crap even matters. Mm-mm. Yeah, Because you're either not going to be here because you burn yourself out to the grave or two, you're not, you're going to be here, but you're not going to be here, right? You're, you're not going to be mentally well. And that is more important than any achievement that you can acquire. And so I've definitely experienced burnout, depression, isolation, if you will. Because I was so serious, so young, I would find myself like around people. I've always been very social, but not really being able to connect because one, I'm thinking about like the 500 things I need to be doing besides being here or two, just not being in the moment, like not being present, not connecting. And so several different ways that the hustle and the grind have been both positive and a little negative over the years. Have you read the book, The Gap in the Game? I have not. I think you would really like that. And I'm going to, I'll link it in show notes because I always do. (laughs) Link it in the show notes, please. I need it. I'm sure someone else does too. It's really good. So it talks a lot about living in the, the gap. Like, so you've set this big goal and you're like working your, your butt off to get there. You get there, but you don't celebrate it. And it's like, you don't even like acknowledge the work and the time, the effort that you put into it. You're already trying to chase something else. You know, it's always like, well, I got to do something else to be, you know, so it's really good. I think you would find a lot of value in that book. Uh, it already <laughs> sounds like it. So definitely link that in the show notes. Link it to me right after this <laughs> so that I can order it because that even the title just sounds yeah. like something I need to read. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. And I think our generation, too, as millennials, I feel like, I don't know, we just we're so goal oriented. I feel like we're so like, got to go, got to get it, got to, you know, and I feel like we were. In the mid, in our twenties, I feel like now on social media you see a lot of posts and things about you know slowing down and everybody's so aware of mental health and like taking care of yourself now. But when we were in our early twenties, it was just like hustle, grind. You know, oh, like oh, there were oh, all oh, the yeah. memes were about hustling. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it was wild. And I feel like now we're all thirty something and we're like, oh my god, what have we been doing for ten years? What have <laughs> we been wild. doing? And when I was telling. A friend, I was like, look, I don't know if my body feels 32 or if it feels 40 because these last few years of or those those years, that that decade in itself of just like going after it and also going after it no matter what. I think that it once again, double whammy. It's great because there's there was a resistance muscle that was built, but also was a little cuckoo because no matter what was going on, we're just like, I'm still going, I'm still Mm -hmm. going, I'm still going. It's like you you put the parents up of like, as long as you're in the role that everybody 
or you feel like everybody else thinks you're supposed to be in and you're doing the things that like you like you were talking about your family or you know kind of like you felt like that's what you were supposed to do that's we and like me last year the job that I was in like teaching I felt like that's what I should have been doing and it was like the good job and got the kids now and I'm like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing but oh my god I feel like I'm gonna die (laughs) like I'm so tired I don't know what why am I doing this anymore you know it's like you really trying to I feel like in our 30s come into alignment with what we want to do the life we want to have and what we want all that to look like how we want to feel it all plays a huge huge role I feel like we got off on a tangent (laughs) We did, but it's so organic and so real. Like, it is. Yes. So we talked about like the community a little bit. There's so many topics I want to talk about with you, but I guess I'm going to go in this route next. So when you first came back, I know you started She Is Me, right? And yes, I, yes, yes, yes. I have like watched you grow that and you know, all the things you've done and heard about it in the community and like it makes my heart. I'm like that's my town I know her (laughs) but if you would tell us a little bit about like what it is and kind of where that came from and like what you know just a little bit about it sure so it's so funny that I think it sparked when I was in like high school and just talking in the media center with some other girls just about like the gaps, right? When we think about growing up rule, there are so many positive things. I know that a lot of times the negative things get highlighted more, but there's just so many positive things about the love and the community and the camaraderie. But one of the negatives that's something that we cannot do really anything about is that we are bound by where we are geographically, right? We are limited to certain resources and access to certain things that students have at larger schools, right? Or in larger areas simply because it's the nature of where they are. And then no, in no mission to change rule because there are great things about it. I wanted to provide an avenue for the members of the organization and also for the community of how we can get some of these resources to our students, whether it's more information about scholarships or more information about, yeah, you should go on these college tours, or maybe you should go to that camp that's about something you've never heard of, right? Like I have a student going to work on like some AI type stuff this summer. She has no clue what this camp is going to be about, but it's exposure to things outside of her norm. She's going to be there with students from other South Carolina schools that are also very high achieving to getting exposure to like networking and seeing what they do at their schools and just really building a nucleus for those students. And so that's what I had in mind then. I probably couldn't have articulated it like that in 2016, but, and I definitely couldn't have articulated it like that in 2007 or eight, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to be able to offer in my community because I think that it speaks to my own story when I start to think about things that maybe helped ignite my thought process to even look up some of the opportunities that I took on as a young person. And it was being able to go to conferences with other students that, you know, didn't look like me or weren't going to my school. And I'm like, wow, you go to school with 2000 people? Like, tell me about that. Or, (laughs) wow, you have that type of course at your school? Tell me about that. And so 
those opportunities really helped to shape me and my confidence. And so I wanted to be able to offer something like that in a rural area and it worked. (laughs) I did not know what in the world I was doing, but I did some research. I was calling on any and everybody to donate. And looking back eight years later, I'm just like, wow, like, this is really, this is really a thing. This is really in multiple places in South Carolina now. This really has grown and expanded. And we have the support of some major institutions in this state. And it's just, it's bizarre to me most days to, to think about it. And I tell people like that is everything I do professionally, I enjoy and it helps me have a great life. And I get to serve people at a level that makes me happy professionally, but the work that I get to do with She Is Me and with students, it's my heartwarming work, right? It is what I truly, it just lights my soul on fire, especially as a person who does not have children and may not ever have children. That is my way of just being like a mom, auntie. And I laugh now because I'm like, I started off being like a big sister. Now to these young ladies, it's kind of like auntie, second (laughs) mom. And so I'm getting... I'm maturing through it, but it is, you know, it is amazing to think those young ladies that I had, you know, eight years ago, some of them have children and families now, they're finishing college, like, it is, it is just beautiful to see, and it's a testament to when the hustle pays off, you know, because starting something very grassroots, very through the bones, has been you know, amazing. And I think to something that, you know, there are definitely various rural spaces across America, but when we think about Southern America and having support across races, even though our organization primarily services Black young ladies, has extra warmed my heart because that's something that I was a little bit afraid of, but I knew the mission that we had and I knew that I could be able to be an avenue for that level of support because we don't deny access to anyone, but that is where we are targeting because we know the extra issues that come along for those students. So how many schools are you in? I know it started in Lakeview and I know you're like in other schools in the district, but how, where all are you? Like with Yeah, State? so all of Dillon County. So Dillon, Latta, Lakeview, Horry County, Marion County, and Florence County. Oh, yay! All yes, across the PD, yeah, and growing. I'm yeah, sure. all across the PD and Grand Strand, and we get interest requests from. I mean, all over. It is because our social with the the power of social media and the internet has blown that up, and so we get requests from so many places. And I, you know, what we try to do is connect them with organizations similar to ours. I'm like, it ain't she is me, but I can help you find something you know, in your area. And so that that's also just very gratifying to know that people, you know, want to be involved. When we were strictly only here in Lakeview, we would have people drive to yeah. have their students in our program. And I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. so yes. next level, like so amazing. And so throughout the pandemic, we had students in 13 South Carolina counties and three other states because we were completely virtual. virtual, So we were able to, you know, expand and now we're back in person. So we are serving six counties across the PD and Grand Strand. So it is, it's amazing. 
It really is. And I have like a team and I'm like, what in the world? Remember when it was just me? I heard it my car. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think it is so amazing to look back and like the leadership. I feel like a lot of people are saying they want to be a leader, but really like what a leader is, is so much more. I feel like people confuse leadership and like being a manager. Like yes. leadership is like pulling somebody up with you so that they can help lead who's behind them. I feel like for like sure, manage for like people take the role of leadership into more of a like telling people what to do kind of thing. So it's so like when I think of what a leader is, like I feel like you are a great example of what a like a rural woman from Illinois, here we are in Lakeview can go out into the world and create and do and like give. And then while you're doing it and building this big, beautiful life for yourself, you're pulling up the women that are with you and from where you're from that are coming up behind you. I love it. It just makes me, gives me goosebumps and makes me want to cry. (laughs) Don't get me started because I will cry. Do not get me started. Oh my goodness. And then I guess to talking about like all the things you've done, I know there's been times where you're like terrified and then you get into like analysis paralysis mode or like that's how I get. And it's like, I know I have these big dreams or these big goals or these things that are on my heart and I want to do it, but I am terrified. Like, so how, because I feel like you jumped that hurdle a lot younger than like the rest of us. Like, I feel like I'm pushing some boundaries now for myself. Like I've got a podcast who, who am I, you know, but I had to like get over those like mental, I feel like hurdles of being from a rural community. I feel like worrying about like, am I going to sound crazy? What are people going to say? You know, I had to kind of get past that, what everybody else was placing on me and not really what I wanted. So when did you feel like mentally you faced those kind of hurdles? And like, what did you do to like push yourself on through? Oh, my goodness. All the time, all the time for the last, I don't know, we graduated 15 years ago, which is wild. So for the last 17 years, like I have felt like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What are people going to think? And I think because of being from a small town where like everybody just knows everybody, people are going to talk about you anyway. So let me give them something good to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even if you find like, what is she doing? Da, 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 da. I mean, at least I'm doing something. Right. And yeah. so I had to tell myself that. And then I was like, I don't want to grow up and be a shoulda, woulda, coulda. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she had so much potential, but I don't know what happened. And even if that's me talking to myself, like, I don't want to say, oh, I wish I would have tried this or, oh, I had an idea to do that. And now I see so-and-so's doing it. I can't be mad at them because I didn't jump out and do it or try it. And so that was one of the things that really pushed me because I think Certain things I felt like they were like treading, stepping out of the water. And then certain things were just like, whoa, here you go. You're in this really big world. And it is terrifying. It hasn't gotten less terrifying, but I have gotten more grounded in. If it doesn't work, I succeeded by trying and I can just try again or I can try something else or I can do something else or it doesn't have to be 
perfect the first time or, you know, things grow. And if you don't get started, you don't have anything to grow from. So those are some of the things that really helped me to be like, okay, girl, do not get stuck in just like overanalyzing, imposter syndrome, like short girl syndrome. Like just don't get, (laughs) don't get intimidated by any of those things and, you know, keep going, keep going. And the more you go, the more you'll grow and the more you'll know because you, you tried it, right? You tried these things. And from that, you were able to take from that, assess it and try something else, improve it or throw it in the trash can, mm-hmm. right? Everything that we start doesn't have to just like live a full life. It could be the conduit for something else. Absolutely. Yeah. Baby steps are still steps forward. <laughs> yes. yes. You don't know what's going to come through from that experience. I feel like we place a lot of, I don't know, a lot of weight on. So if we start something or we get into a role or a job position where we feel like we should just like, that was the goal. And we're supposed to be happy with this for the rest of our life, just being in that one role. And I don't think we... I don't know. I guess we have, I don't know. We haven't been shown or taught. I feel like as a generation that change is not always bad. Change is good. Change is inevitable. The seasons change every year. It's a part of life. And like you said, doing it scared is just pushing you to grow. Keep moving and keep going and you're going to grow from it. I always call it, or I've started to call it failing forward. So, Yes. Yes. You know, it's not really a failure. You're learning something from it, like you said, and it's moving you in the direction of where you're supposed to be. Even though sometimes we don't know where we're supposed to be going, (laughs) we're moving in the direction and we're just praying that God guides us. (laughs) Right. And I think that it's so hard because we are, in my opinion, I think there, there are some in the generation directly before us that may have had this this notion But for us, we're like the first generation that, to be honest, job loyalty and stuff is a little crazy for us because they're not loyal to us anymore. Like just times have changed Mm -hmm. so much. And for the people that, you know, reared us and poured into us, they were coming from a totally different perspective because it was a time where you got this job and you stuck with that thing until it was time to not be working anymore. 30 years. You know, 30 (laughs) years, 35 years, 40 years. But Jobs also had a loyalty to them at that time that they don't have to us in this particular time. And so I think that that has been very hard to navigate too because for as much support as I've had, I've definitely had people that are really close to me looking like, what in the world is she doing now? Like, what sense does this make? And I'm just like, honey, just give me a chance. Like I'm figuring it out, but like, I just don't want to be just stuck in something. So yeah, it's definitely been like a different, we've, we've had to charter a very interesting course and I'm just all the way amazed by what Gen Z and Gen Alpha will do. And just kind of as a byproduct of that, just, just chart your own course, do your thing, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, my friend Emily Russell, she always says, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but she always says momentum or momentum breeds clarity or movement. I can't, oh my gosh, I'm so blanking out right now. (laughs) But just like moving forward and doing something is going to bring you clarity. 
So I feel like every day or I go, I feel like it's every week we have days and we all do, whether we want to admit it or not, that we're like, we wake up and we just want to like burn everything to the ground and start all over. And we're like, just like, what am I doing? I'm crazy, you know, but just take that baby step and, you know, try to calm yourself down and just keep moving because you're going to move yourself forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was another tangent. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. The tangents. The, yeah. tangents. the takeaways are in the tangents, y'all. They are. They are. So I know in the past year, this is kind of going to probably make us both cry. Oh, gosh. Um, I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking about, you know, when you came back in 2016 and how you were managing two households before the end and you were a full-time caregiver. So are you okay with talking about your mama? Sure. Now, I may cry, listeners, but I don't want to overstep anything. So you just tell me. No, no. Go ahead. I'm here to talk about it. That's such a big part of my story. Yeah, it is. And so I guess tell us a little bit about, you know, growing up kind of because you were doing everything, like everything academically and, you know, working all the time. And you were a big part of, you know, being there for your mama growing up I remember I remember that being like your mama was like the center of your world growing up so and still was after you know you were an adult considered so right oh my goodness so growing up as an only child you know like you know the struggle right only children it's like your parents are I mean like that was my friend like I I was like you're my friend my playmate my my homegirl, whatever, you're my ride to practice until I started driving, just everything. And so she de- she had some illnesses up and down when we were in grade school. And of course, I'm like, I got to go check on my mama, right? Like early dismissal, I'm going to check on my mama. I'll be back for the shenanigans. I'm going to check on my mama. We going out. Okay, cool. Let me go check on my mama first. And then we're going out. So that was just my my life throughout school when I went off to college uh that was still my life she would come to Conway and see me I would come to Lakeview to see her even if I went nowhere else in the town I am coming to old mama's college see my mom and the world is all right with me and so that was my world so moving to one of the and this kind of goes back to our earlier thing of like stepping out of water so when I got the opportunity to go to graduate school in Florida I was like Okay, I understand that it's like free, but like my mom, (laughs) that's going to be 10 hours away from home. And I'm used to being like an hour away if you drop the speed limit. And so I just had so much anxiety about like, what's going to happen? What if she gets sick? What if I'm sick? Like, what if I'm just like losing (laughs) your mom? (laughs) So like I moved with the sense of like, I am here to get this degree and I hope I meet people and all that great stuff. But when I walk across the stage, I am going back (laughs) to the Carolinas and I kid y'all not like that is legit what I did. I even expedited the process. So I, the program was two years. I finished it in 18 months because I went to school through the summer. (laughs) The first year I went to school through the summer. I took like some winter class. Like I was not playing one because Despite my academic achievements, like I'm not the biggest fan of school. And so I was like, let's get in and get out of here. Secondly, South Florida is like very expensive. I mean, it was wild. And third, I 
enjoy. That was a great step out. I learned so much in that matter of time. But I also learned that like I enjoy community and the ability to get to community and be like grounded in that. So when I came back afterwards, um, I was here for a little while and then I settled in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is only about two hours away. So like if there was something I wanted to pop up at or if I just wanted to pop in, I could. And that was very important to me. And so I was there until she became ill to where I felt like I'm burning the candle on both ends. And so I just quit my job. Like I was getting ready to go on a trip back to Florida, actually. And I left my resignation on my boss's desk. And when I came back, she asked me, she was like, you, you just perform so well. You seem to love it here. Like what's wrong? I said, I do. I love it here. I know that I'm good at my job, but thank you so much for recognizing it. However, I only have one parent and I'm not going to get another one and I adore her. And so I'm going, I'm choosing, like, I don't have to, but I am choosing to go back and help care for her because being here and trying to go back and be stressed out is not something that I want. And I would rather move into her environment instead of moving her into mine. And so that's what I did. And so I came back and we had this great little life together that we created. And when she felt good, I'd take her on like trips with me and like her doctor's appointments and things that were about her were like first priority on the calendar, no matter what. Even at that time with my consultations, I would have like a disclaimer, like, hey, I'm a caregiver. If something comes up, I'm going to cancel this call (laughs) because I'm going to take care of my mama. And yeah. so that was that was it. And so it's it's a very challenging time for me now, but I also don't really have regrets on the on the other side because I really gave it everything I had and didn't have. So yeah. Yeah. I think where you talk about, you know, your job and you had to it was like you were burning the candle at both ends. I feel like that relates a lot to I mean, you were a caregiver for your mother, but think of I think of too like in my position like I was I'm a caregiver for these two little tiny humans that I have to try to keep alive and feed and clothe and wipe their you know all those things <laughs> and I was at the point in my job same thing I was just like I can't like I just can't like we're driving an over an hour every day the sun's not up when I leave and it's like dark when I get home and Ace is not home because he works 24-7. That's just him. That's just how it is. And I could just, it just was not working. I felt like I couldn't give my all in my place of work. And then I couldn't be the caregiver, the mama that I wanted to be and like put into those relationships because those people, your mama, your children, those are relationships that are your whole world. Like to be able, like you said, it's not a like a burden it was a choice of made out of love and yeah. I feel like a lot of people put I don't know guilt or we feel I guess guilt like we're supposed to be able to do both and it's all right to to make the choice and put those people in those relationships first yeah I think that you know very similarly right with your children being young like you'll never get that time again yeah ever right? Like we spend, you spend the most time with your parents as a young person. And so when you have the ability to make the choice and, you know, be there and, you know, be able to give that, it's so beautiful because you don't get those. And I'm sure you see it because you're with them every day. Like they grow up so 
fast. Like being young, when people would say that, I'm like, did we really? But like, no, it goes. Yeah, it goes very quickly. And so when you're able to just have those moments, like you, you can't. There's no amount of money. There's no accolade. There's no position. No title that surpasses that. But also, it's like kind of earlier. It's a decision for now, right? Yeah. They'll grow up and be on their own and be driving their own tractors and trucks. And you may say, okay, now I can teach again, or now I want to go do this or that. And it's like, it's a decision for a season. It's not forever. And even as they're running rampant and, you know, toys are everywhere, I'm sure it's like, this this is the life, you know, these, these are the babies that I wanted and this is the life. And so I need to be a good steward of that. And like that, this is like a slight tangent because like, that's my word for this year is like stewardship, just being a good steward over connections and all the things. And I'm like, Hmm, I prayed to be able to have a life that afforded me the flexibility to do the things I just did. And and I was blessed to have that. Mm -hmm. And I never missed a meal. I actually had very nice meals. And so with that, I'm like, I can make a different decision because I'm in a different season or I can keep the decision that I made. Like it just so many choices are there. And I I love that. Yeah, we don't have to lock ourselves into some preconceived. I think you were talking about it earlier, how, you know, we we think that we've got to stay. We make this decision and it's forever. Like I haven't really learned like just chill out like you do not have to make a decision that defines the rest of your life you can change your mind and do something different you can start over and who cares like you said who cares <laughs> who cares anyways <laughs> like people will forget if they are talking about you I promise it's only going to be hot news for like five minutes and then they will find something and somebody else to focus on like whatever so kind of going off of your mama and you just lost her this past year. And I just want to talk a little bit about like working through your grief. And I know that it's, I mean, words just can't describe grief. Like I haven't lost a parent yet. We lost Evie. She was stillborn. So I feel like that is my biggest, like rawest loss that I've had other than like a grandparent or someone, uncle, something like that. And, like, working through that grief of, like, how extremely, like, it changes your everyday life and just trying to walk through it. Do you have any words of wisdom or any commentary, I guess, on your experience over the past year that may, you know, be a guiding light for someone that's possibly going through the same battle with grief? Yeah, I think that, and we can grieve so many things, right? Like we can grieve a life we thought we were going to have. We can grieve people, friendships, all types of things, right? But when specifically as it relates to death, I think that people should work through it and live through it in whatever way makes most sense for them and not try to be like, okay, this, this happened a service happens and then like this is over because that is like so far from the truth and not enough people, you know, in my, I guess in this, in my vision of the world, not enough people are transparent about like, no, 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 this continues. Like this goes on and 
I am really trying to like, I don't want to make it the, I guess you would say epitome of my platform, but similar to caregiving, I want to be able to share nuggets that I think will help other people. And one of the biggest things is just being transparent about like, some days I think that I can conquer the world and I'm amazing and I'm still the bad person and all of these things. The boss. And then other days I'm literally just crying and trying to figure it out. And then other days it's a mix of both. And I'm really just over here processing all that it is and that it was. And especially the unique situation of like my mom serving so many roles in my life and then also being her caregiver so I'm, I'm missing the person she was when she wasn't sick. I'm missing the person that I cared for. I'm missing my friend. Like it is wild. And being okay with that is something that I want to just emphasize on for folks. Because like I said, it's like people just kind of go continue going on with emotions. And that's, in my opinion, not the most healthy thing. And then if you do need to get professional help, get it right. Don't just allow yourself to sink and to fall. And then if you do have support in your friend groups or your professional circles that you can kind of lean on, lean on that. Let people know what you need. Because yeah. I I mean, and sometimes people just don't know what to say either, which is also I'm yeah, sure you've experienced. Nervous. Yes, a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. But like sometimes yeah. people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do and they mean well, but they miss the mark. But for the people that you're actually like close to, tell them what you need and let them provide that. And I'll make a, a very quick example here. So around Thanksgiving, I was like losing it. I'm like, oh my God, my mom loves Thanksgiving. Like I'm just going to jump off a bridge. And so I got on my Instagram stories and I'm like, y'all inspire me. Like, tell me something good. I, I'm just, I don't have it. And like, I received so many beautiful messages that were like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. this is great. Like, this is exactly, I didn't know what I needed, but I needed something. And to know like, okay, I'm still important and I still have value and, and people admire me and like, Oh my goodness. And at first I wasn't going to do it because it felt like, I'm like, oh my God, my pride was like, don't do that. Like people aren't going to think you're humble because you're asking people to praise you. And I'm like, no, this is what helps. Like I've kept my sympathy cards. They've been up. So in a few weeks I will take them down. and like found this service online that like turns into like a book or something. And I'm like, I'm going to spend the money to get that because I need that. The, The times that I'm like, I can't do this. I I go back to those, yeah, those words and it just helps to revitalize me. So I think the biggest thing is for people to find ways to, you know, really allow people to support you, right? Yes. Everybody's life continues to go on. My life has continued to go on, but because other people aren't in your world, you have to share what you might need and you may not share it widespread on the internet, but if you have community, leverage and lean on your community because that is really what they're for. If your people can't stand with you in the toughest times, they really might not be your people. Yes. Amen to that. And I know with grief, I've learned it's okay to feel more than one emotion or you can hold space for more than one emotion at at one time. So it's okay. You can have a day where, you know, you cry. And then in 10 minutes, 
after you finish crying, you can laugh at something. Like, don't judge yourself so harshly on how you should be grieving by, you know, what you think someone else thinks is the right way to grieve. Like, there's no right way to grieve. There's no right way. And there's no manual and there's no time and there's no, there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just, just happens. Get up and take that baby step every day. Yeah. Baby steps are steps. You said it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could go on and on for days. <laughs> because we can. We could go on and on for days. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely going to like, we're going to do a whole nother episode, I think. <laughs> I've already got it in my head. But I, for someone who is looking to connect with you, where are all the spaces and places that we can like find you? I'm on all the things, right? You can find me on all the things in the world or Maybe not all of them because there's a lot of them out there, but on what X, Facebook, Instagram, threads, Tabitha D. James, I'm there on all the things. And www.tabithadjames.com is my site. So those are the places that you can find me on these interwebs. I'm typically sharing motivation, inspiration, a little bit of funny things like me losing my AirPods. <laughs> um, Or just about my work, my travel, she is me. So I share, you know, a plethora of things that just speak to Tab. This year specifically, I'll talk a little bit more about grief and this year's journey and pushing through and really speaking to something that we've talked to today about like resilience and hustle, grind, the ability to keep going, all of those things like they're built over time. And a lot of times, if we don't reflect, we think that like, oh, I just woke up with this today. Or people might think that you just woke up with it today. But I'm like, no, most things are built over time and through time. And if you, it's so small droplets in the bucket that creates like that river, that ocean. And so find me on the interwebs, listeners. And I can't thank you enough for having me on the podcast I'm just I'm so glad you agreed and then all the feels a little um I guess hot little tidbit for everybody listening coming up in November the end of the year um I'll share more you know as I get things developed and you know put on paper and official and everything but I will be having a event here locally, and Tabitha is going to be one of my speakers, and I'm so excited about it. So excited about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am so excited. It's going to be so great. Yes. Well, I guess until next time, because you're coming back soon. <laughs> Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Emerging as Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and touch more lives. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. To continue the conversation, you can find and follow me on Instagram. Talk with y'all later.